Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. I got a call the day before the wedding, about 24 hours before the wedding started, through a mutual friend, and he asked me if I could do a job in Europe didn't say what it was. I said, yeah, sure, I'm free. Can you let me know what it is? Couldn't tell me until I signed a confidentiality agreement. And then he told me it was Kim and Kanye's wedding. (laughs) You might think that photographing one of the biggest cultural events in history would be a huge turning point in a 22-year-old's life. But for Conor McDonnell, it was recognition of the years of persistence and hard work he had already put into his career. I'm Matt Bowen. This is Phototypes. It's Matt freaking Bowen. When a photograph you took becomes the most liked photo on Instagram ever, with 2.4 million likes, your life could go a little crazy. But Conor McDonnell has kept his feet firmly on the ground and kept on doing what he loves to do, and that's photograph live music. Let's hear his story right now then on Phototypes. Conor, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for joining us. First of all, look around you, tell us where exactly you are. Uh, I am, it's not that exciting really, I'm actually back home for once, Um, I am in my sort of little office area with laptops and hard drives everywhere, a load of camera gear that I'm about to clean, yeah nothing really that exciting (laughs) or exotic this time. Yeah so Liverpool's your home but you've uh, just got back from a little uh, spell away that's right isn't it? Yeah I've just been away this weekend, Um, it was only for a night, but uh, I was in Gothenburg in Sweden um, for a f- festival with Ellie Golden, and I just got back yesterday. Okay, so for those people who don't know you, how would you describe yourself as a photographer? I guess I'm more. Oh, how can I describe? I, I reckon I must be a live music photographer, even though I do a lot more than that. But the majority of my work is live music, so I guess most people will probably just class me as that. Now, people who do know you will probably know you for um, one massive thing, and that was taking photographs at Kim and Kanye's wedding last year. Um, Let's deal with that first, and then we can sort of talk about everything else and how you got to that stage beforehand. How exactly did that come about? Uh, It was very, very random. Um, I got a call the day before the wedding, the morning, well, about 24 hours before the wedding started, through a mutual friend and he asked me if I could do a job in Europe didn't say what it was I said yeah sure I'm free can you let me know what it is Um, he couldn't tell me until I signed a confidentiality agreement um, which I signed and then he told me it was Kim and Kanye's wedding (laughs) next day I was on a flight to Florence to photograph the wedding as the official photographer. So when he told you what it was, what was your feelings then? 
Uh, at first, I thought I would be, I don't know, maybe assisting someone or, you know, um, shooting alongside another, well, a big photographer or someone like that. But it turns out it was just me. <laughs> yeah, pretty bonkers. Yeah, very, very surreal and very crazy. Like the, the whole few days and the few days after when I was editing, it was just it was a weird time. It was just a, felt like I was in a big bubble kind of thing. Um, it didn't feel that real because it was just so random. It just happened so randomly. Like it was something I would never expect to happen, but it it did. <laughs> yeah. How did they come to know about you then? I actually don't know. Um, I've never really asked the question, but somehow they did. Somehow, somehow they did, and I ended up doing it. So in that time when you found out what you were doing until you got on that flight to go to Italy, what? What were you doing? Was it just a mad panic and a mad blur? Um, it wasn't. I wasn't actually that um, stressed really about it. It was sort of. It, it it was it was strange because it wasn't until after, like I was on the flight home, I sort of panicked a little bit. I was a bit like a panic because I wasn't that stressed about it. If that makes sense, and I was because it was literally you know it's probably the, one of the biggest jobs I'll ever do in my career. Um, and the fact that I wasn't that stressed about it sort of made me stressed. It's it's a, it was a weird it was a weird feeling, but um, yeah, the the build building up to it, it was it wasn't that much of a mind panic. It was literally just dashing around to get bits of camera gear that I'd been putting off getting, but I knew I'd need for this. So it was a mad dash around. Uh, actually, I was at home in Liverpool, so it was a mad dash around Liverpool to a few camera shops to pick up some some things and then um, once I had that I was just packed and uh, I actually didn't sleep that night because I was flying early that morning and I had too much to do to sort out before um, and flew out the next morning to Florence and then yeah I was the first person at the wedding last person to leave and then flew back home the next day. Under the um, terms of the the agreement who were you allowed to tell? Were you allowed to tell parents, friends, anybody that you were going there? Uh, I, I don't I'm not actually well, I actually don't think I'm really supposed to tell anyone. <laughs> um, but obviously I'm not going to let that one slip through through the net. So I've not got in trouble yet through, uh, from it. And uh, they didn't ask for a discount then? or uh... <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no discount. <laughs> um, I'm sure lots of wedding photographers listening to this will want to know how many group shots they asked you to do. <laughs> um, there, there was a fair bit of family. I can't obviously can't talk that much about it. Um, but um, yeah, there was, a, there was a big chunk of time where we did quite a few family shots, group shots, and portraits. So there was quite a, quite a bit of time for that. And then in the um, aftermath of that, the release of that one photograph that just went crazy on Instagram, did that sort of reflect in the way that your life went crazy, or has it kind of stayed pretty um, on a level, level plateau for you? Yeah, I mean like the past few years of my life has been pretty crazy as it is touring and all that kind of thing but um it did get a bit more it got a bit more crazy you know um a lot more bigger jobs got came through and and still still are coming through and um had a lot of wedding requests but I've not photographed any weddings since yeah I, I guess it did get a bit bit more hectic gave me a lot more sort of man it gave my work a lot more credibility in in what I do you know put my name out there with certain people and brands and and things like that that I've always wanted to work with that I actually work with now probably from that because my name got out there and uh so yeah I guess it did 
But let's be fair to you, and that uh, you weren't a complete unknown before this. You were, you'd kind of forged your own career and uh, knocked on doors and sort of snuck your way into places. Um, just tell us your photography journey. So when did you start taking photographs? Uh, I kind of got into photography, well, I did get into photography purely by chance. Um, I've never studied it, I've never sort of read up on it or had lessons on it. I, it was like when I was like 15, 16, I used to go to a lot of concerts um, in my early teens and when I got to like 15, 16 there was a concert I really wanted to go to and it was sold out looked on eBay for like the tickets and um, they were like three times the price of, of what they were and I couldn't afford it at the time I only had a small Saturday job um, so randomly one Christmas I got a camera to help me with my like GCSE art um, in high school and I only really used it for that. I had, you know, I had a small interest in photography. I emailed the emailed the band that was playing. It was a British rock band called the Subways, and they were playing in Manchester at the time. And uh, I emailed, just emailed the band, and uh, said, "I would love to come and photograph you guys. If you know, I'll do it for free if I can get in for free." Because yeah. I always used to see these photographers at the front, and I was like, "Oh, that'd be so cool to do." So I just, I just randomly thought, didn't think anything of it, and I never heard anything back from them for about two weeks until a few days before the the gig. And uh, Charlotte, the bassist, emailed back and was like, "Yeah, sure. Here's our manager's email. Tell him I sent you. He'll sort you out with a photo pass. It'll be first free in the pit, and then you can stay and watch the gig." So I, I, for me, that was that was it. I was just like, "Oh, this is awesome. I can get into the to gigs for free." And then it was after that gig, it was all about photography. It was like, oh my god, this is amazing! I want to, I want to do this. This is so cool. I get to photograph people that I listen to every day because I'm a massive music fan. Yeah. And um, it kind of just spiraled from there. I, I would email hundreds of bands playing in Liverpool um, each week. I'd probably get from like a hundred emails. I'd probably get like two replies. One would be a no, and the other would be like a maybe. So whoever said maybe, I'd be like, oh, let me come and photograph your band. Come on, let me do it. Let me do it. And gradually, just started building up bigger and bigger names in my portfolio. And then, sort of, once I got on the scene a bit, I started meeting band managers and bands, and and um, and then I did a little bit of stuff with like NME, the Fly Magazine, and uh, Gigwise, the big music website which put my name out there a bit more and then again just the same bands would be coming through like each each couple of months on the, on tours so I'd get to get to know them and the the management and then they would have a few of them eventually asked me to go on tour with them like my first tour was with uh, James Morrison I did a couple of dates of his big tour because he really liked my photos um so he that was like I guess one of my first big breaks kind of things into into the touring world and then through that I met other people um, and then a few months down the line I met a singer called Rita Ora and I, I literally toured the world with her for about three years and then through her I met Ellie Golden who again I've toured the world with and then you know I've met another artist called Calvin Harris who I, I who I now currently tour with as well as Ellie all over the the world like for example the last 12 months i've been to australia asia uh south america north america pretty much all around europe and yeah just lots of lots of places lots of traveling and with them all at what point did you start getting paid for those at the start i was getting paid a little bit 
but not much. It was more just a hobby for me at the start. It wasn't until I was like, I got a few paid jobs for, for like at the start when I was like 16, 17. And then when I was 18, I was a, I'd finished college and I didn't really know what to do. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to make a crack at this and try and try and do this. Um, so that, and that, that was sort of when I started to get paid. It, it just kind of naturally flowed into that. Um, kind of just started to work for me. And then, yeah, so pretty much since the start, really. It's a good lesson in persistence and you know banging on people's doors, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely something I've learned. You know, I'm I'm a firm believer if if you don't ask, you don't get. Do you know what I mean? It's um, you know, you never know what's what's the worst that can happen. Aim big, I say. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I was emailing not just small bands, but I was emailing people on the arena tour. Like this is when I was like sixteen, emailing like you know people doing arena tours and I ended up, you know working with Arctic Monkeys and Pink people doing arena tours at, at that time and you know for a 16 year old that was pretty cool so you were, were you photographing from the pit at that stage or you were were you going backstage with them and doing all all that yeah, sort of thing both both really um a couple of couple of the big bands it was just pit but then some of them it was backstage you know a couple of dates here and there on the tour um yeah it was it was a it was a good mix your mates must have been so jealous <laughs> yeah yeah because um, i mean i think they, they they get fed up with me every now and then still they uh still do now because they, they text me and be like oh can we can we go out tonight i'd be like actually uh i'm with so-and-so in blah blah in whatever country or i'm you know here here there everywhere so they never really get to see me <laughs> Do you ever take a break from photography? Do you are you the sort of person who always wants to have a camera in in his hand, or do you like to put it down and and take a break away from it? I mean, I mean, I've normally got a camera in my hand, but um, I I just I don't like to stop. I like to keep keep moving. Um, I get itchy feet when I when I'm still in the same place for a few days. Um, so I, I do like to to keep it going, keep it flowing. But yeah, you'll normally find me with not not like a big. Um, SLR man, but I'll always have some sort of camera on me just in case I miss something. <laughs> I'm always worried about missing something. Yeah, and how much does social media and things like Instagram play a part in your photography? Um, quite big. I mean, I do have a, a relatively big social media following, especially on Instagram. And yeah, it helps because with the artists I work for, that's where most of the photos go, social media. So, um, I've always got that in mind when I'm photographing. It's always what what have they what have their fans seen and what haven't they seen. I'm trying to capture the next shot that they will love, the next the next sort of scene they will really like that they haven't seen before. Does it take a while for you to build up a relationship with these bands to then be able to get more and more candid stuff for fans? Um, yeah, it, it definitely. You know, you've definitely got to build up a relationship. You've got to know when you can and when you can't take photos which is something i think I'm, I'm quite good at judging um you know there's been there's been moments where i could have taken photos and they could have been really really good mo- like photos in in that moment but the moment i think it would have you know it could have got ruined if it ever taken that photo so you've you've sort of got to understand with with some of the artists like that that sort of limit what's your um family background what do your parents do for a living or you got brothers and sisters and things like that yeah um my dad is a gardener my mum is a primary school um 
teacher and deputy head teacher. Um, I have a big brother who works in retail, and my younger brother he is um, he does sort of like Camp America kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes off to America every summer and and sort of teaches kids kayaking and rock climbing and that kind of thing. So I mean, it's quite. My mum and dad are very music musical and sort of arty, but there isn't a really photography background in it, if if that's what you're asking. <laughs> no, no, I was just wondering what their sort of reaction is and your their feelings towards your chosen path. Oh now. yeah, well, when back in the day when I started, it was they. I mean, they've been 100% supportive of everything I've done, whatever. Not even just photography, but everything I've done. But um, like they used to drive me to and from the gigs. They'd wait outside until I was done, and then they'd come back. Um, yeah, they're they're really supportive. But I mean, nowadays it's literally it's if they if they'd see me packing my bag and they'd be like, oh, so when will we see you next? And it could be oh, I'll see you, you know in two days, or it could be oh, I'll see you in three months. And they're like, okay, fine. I mean, it's easy to keep in touch with them now because. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, there's like FaceTime, there's Skype, there's there's all sorts, Facebook, Twitter, which they, they all they all uh, keep an eye on. But um, yeah, I mean, they're very supportive of what I do, which I'm, uh, I appreciate very much. I guess coming from Liverpool, um, music was kind of in your blood. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've always, you know, I, like I say, I was brought up on on music. My mum and dad was all, always playing music in the house. Um, I'd wake up in the morning and my dad would have CDs or records on. Still does. So it's that um, music is like something I've always loved. So it's it's cool to be working in that industry. Yeah. And when you um, were first starting out, were you conscious of developing your own style, or were you just shooting away and seeing what developed? Um, I, I think it's a it's sort of mix. I mean, it's sort of because at the start I wasn't like I said I didn't really think that much about the photography style of it I mean I was learning on the job as it was I've never I've never studied photography or or read up on it it's always been something that I've sort of when I've been in shooting gigs I'd be like oh so so this does that and if I change this it does that kind of thing so I think my style sort of developed over the years as my sort of knowledge of photography and and you know settings and everything sort of developed as well so at the start, I don't really think I had a sort of style, but now I think I kind of do a little bit. I'm not too sure, really. Do you think I have a style? I don't know. People ask me this quite a lot, and I don't know if I have a style or not. I just sort of photograph what I think looks good. 
Yeah, well, I think you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as long as it's for what you think is good rather than what you think somebody else would think yeah, is yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I never really think of, of other people. It's always, you know, what, what I think is good. I mean, I don't really listen to other people in, the, in that sense. And from what I've seen of your work, you kind of adapt your style for different situations and different people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. With certain artists, they like quite big sort of shots of the scale of sort of the crowds they work with or there's some other artists I work with where they like sort of the intimate moments and you've just got to kind of figure out what each person likes and doesn't like that much and then sort of work around that. Yeah, because I imagine shooting someone like Kelvin Harris is quite different to shooting... Ellie Goulding, although they've worked together, obviously, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, with Calvin, there's a lot of pyro. There's a lot of, I mean, it's it's huge crowds. I mean, Ellie has really big crowds now as well. But um, you know, for example, in where was it? Where we were, Sao Paulo. We were playing to, I think it was eighty thousand people with Calvin at one gig. You know, trying to show that scale is is something because I mean, eighty thousand people is a lot of people, which I've yeah. never seen. I don't think I've ever seen that many people in my life, but. Um, so trying to show the scale of that was sort of what I was trying to achieve with, with stuff like that. Um, and then Ellie also plays to, she plays to quite big crowds, but then she quite likes the sort of, sort of the emotion of her on stage and the sort of, she, she likes to sort of break down the barrier between her and the crowd so that it feels like it's just her performed to like, you know, one, one or two people. And I kind of try to show that in the, in the photos. And a lot more movement in Ellie's performance yeah, in definitely. herself than than Calvin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's bouncing all around the stage. She's jumping up and down. She's got a guitar. She's, but it's, it's a different genre of music. You know, Calvin's a DJ. He, he doesn't really, he can't really bounce around on stage, <laughs> running up and down it. But uh, these artists, is it still three in the pit and then disappear, or, or you <laughs> access all areas? Uh, Fully enough, I've not had three in the pit in in, in quite a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's literally. They trust me with whatever. Um, I am in the state on the stage, hidden behind amps, hidden behind the drummer, hidden behind the guitarist, in the pit, in the in the crowd. You know, up in the front of house tower, or all, all over the place. Ellie and Calvin don't have other photographers. Like especially Calvin, he's never had his own photographer before. He doesn't let anyone else in his DJ booth besides me. So yeah, there's 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 a level of trust between. Between us, they know that I know that they're doing a job, and I'm not going to get in the way of them. And they know I'm doing a job to, you know, to to help benefit them as well. And you've done some other sort of genres of photography, like product stuff and things like that. But is music photography your main target and focus and your um, real love? Yeah, I mean, I love music photography. Like I say, music is a massive part of my life, and uh, you know, it's it's what I started with. It's I love the tour, and I love the fact that I get to travel with it and meet new people, see new things because of because of working in the music industry. But um, I wouldn't say I, I'm just sort of fixed on music. I mean, I lo- I like all aspects of photography. Really, I'll be up. For, I'm up for giving anything a, a go. Um, like say, I've done quite a few big product shoots with with certain brands, um, certain big brands as well. Um, I'm working at the minute with Converse on quite a few things, which is really cool because I've worn Converse since I was a young teenager, um, and that's completely different to the music side of things. But it's it's sort of learning as I as I go along. Who or what has been an inspiration to the way you work and your work 
in itself? Yeah, um, my well, my mum and dad definitely like they are two of the hardest working people I know. Um, they've they've given me a very good sort of work ethic from seeing them from a young age. Everything they do, they give one hundred percent. Definitely that um, photography wise, or you know, artistically wise, is um, a New Yorker filmmaker called Casey Neistat, who is actually a friend of mine now. Um, he's super super inspirational guy. Really, really clever, very artistic, um, just a super cool dude. Uh, Photography-wise, another friend of mine called Austin Hargrave. Um, he's a British photographer, but he lives in LA. He's, he's his work is incredible. Like I, I really look up to what he does, and I'm always watching what he does just to you know keep an eye out for him. But um, I would love to be able to shoot the stuff he does. He's he's incredible. What about um, influence-wise? I guess you could say the subways were quite a big uh, influence. Oh yeah, yeah, massively. You know, they started it all off for me. Um, I, I actually keep in touch with them quite a lot. I bump into them every now and then at festivals and, and photograph them every now and then. We'll try to anyway. There's been a few music managers that have helped me along the way. They've been a big influence in what I do. They've they've helped me out. Um, there's a there's a woman called Cassandra Gracie who has helped me out massively. She works with Ellie, she works with Rita, she works with a lot of people and she's she's really looked out for me. So influ- like you know, she's been a massive influence on, on what I do. To outsiders looking in, it looks like you've got a really exciting life, but what excites you and what makes you do what you do? I mean, I just love it. I really just love it. It's the fact that I think it's what excites me is the fact that I've never sort of see I don't see it as a job. Um, even though it is my job. I don't. I don't see it as that. It's it's too fun to be a job, and it's really exciting that I could get a call within the next ten minutes, and I could be on a flight to the other side of the world tomorrow because of it. And you know, I get to go to all these amazing places, do all these amazing experiences because of what I do, and it's incredible. Conversely to that, then, what scares you? I don't. I don't think anything really does scare me that much. If, if I'm honest, like I'm not. I don't have any sort of fears of anything. Uh, I might have to come back to that one. <laughs> I mean, I guess at your age and the way that things are going, there's probably you don't want to think about that sort of stuff right now. Like, just no, I, enjoy no. the ride. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all I'm doing really. I'm I'm just enjoying the ride, and you know, I do I do think about. It's not like I'm just going into it without going into things without like knowing. You know, just sort of head first into things. But um, but yeah, I don't really think I'm scared of anything. Are you the sort of person who, um, if the phone rings and someone says, can you come and do this, then your answer will always be yes and you'll find out how uh, to do it later? Yes and no. I mean, I, I, I am selective. I don't photograph, I don't do every every job offer I do, um, all that kind of thing. I don't photograph everything I'm, I'm asked to photograph. But uh, more or less so, yeah. I guess if there's, if there's an opportunity for me to do something, I will probably do it. For example, in Sweden the other day, I'm a, I'm a terrible dancer, but um, <laughs> got asked on stage for the last song with Nile Rodgers and Cheek to come and dance on stage with him and a bunch of crowd audience because I was at the side of the stage. He was like, come over and dance. So I went on stage and danced with Nile Rodgers. <laughs> Mate, if <laughs> you'd have turned that down, this interview would have been over. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's one of those things. I'm, uh, you know, I, I think about things where it's like, Will I ever have the chance to do this again? Yes or no? And if it if it's no, I'm normally like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I don't care if I look like an idiot. I don't care if you know I fall flat on my face. It's it's a cool story. <laughs> yeah. 
And, uh, you know, they always say dance like no one's watching. (laughs) There's quite a few people watching (laughs) now. Well, I'm sure they've not gone away and thought, you see that guy on the end there dancing like an idiot? Maybe they did. If you've seen me dancing, maybe they did. Maybe. Maybe they did. What's your favourite swear word, Connor? My favourite? Wow, okay. I saw a clip on the internet a couple of days ago, and it's uh, the Scottish comedian Billy Connolly, and he's talking about his favourite swear word, which is fuck off. Um, And that is probably mine as well basically he's in the video he describes how no matter where you are in the world fuck off means fuck off um you could be in tibet and there could be a, in an airport in tibet and there could be a monk you know sleeping around your your luggage and you just look at him and go oi fuck off and he would know exactly what you mean so i guess i guess that's probably my favorite swear word so a universal language yeah exactly exactly not that you would want to change what you're doing right now, but if you could be anything else for a day, what would you like to be? Oh, it'd probably have to be a spaceman. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to go to space. You know, it possibly could happen in my lifetime. Highly doubt it, but you never know. But, um, but yeah, space is just cool. Yeah. What, what is it that appeals to you? I, I don't know. I've always just loved space since I was a little kid. Um, it's just, you know, just... I don't think there's anything cooler. Yes, the mystery of the unknown. Yeah, 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 totally. How far into space would you like to go? Would it be like one of these uh, Richard Branson sort of plane trips, or do you want to go and land oh, no, on a like planet? Actual space, yeah, not like sort of the the, the, the just the, the zero gravity bit, but like those flights, but like actual space, space. Yeah. Actual landing on a planet, sticking yeah, a flag yeah, into yeah. it, and saying. This is yeah. a little part of uh, Ormskirk right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, who, living or dead, would you like to photograph? I would love dead. It would be Jimi Hendrix or Kurt Cobain yeah. um, or um, Joe Strummer, um, one of them three. Or living, it would have to be Dave Grohl. Um, I've met him. Look, I've been lucky enough to meet him, and he actually asked me to photograph the Foo Fighters live for him. But I, I would love to do sort of like portraits with him, not just live stuff. Um, he actually did my drew my first. I've only got one tattoo, and it was drawn by him. <laughs> That's a pretty big name drop, that kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Let me just pick that up for you. <laughs> yeah, so I was just looking at it then. I saw it on my arm as as we were talking about him, but. Uh, but yeah, that's my dog barking. That's I okay. Think we've, had, uh, we've had whining dogs because I've got a puppy, so um, we've got a, a whining dog on several of these podcasts, so don't worry <laughs> about that. Animals are more than welcome. Yeah. Um, what is your tattoo of that Dave Grohl drew for he you? He drew, um, not that I can't even play drums, but he drew a drum kit on fire. People probably look at it and think that's a terrible drawing, but it's, it's, it's a cool story. I had to get it done. What, what would be your advice to another photographer who looks at you and thinks I'd really love to be doing what he does my advice I guess would just be just do it just try it what's the worst that can happen um I know I said that before but that is you know it's sort of what I kind of live by if you, if you don't try you, you'll you'll never know I'm a firm believer in in that and just go for it it sounds like you've got your uh, feet still pretty firmly on the ground and that's a great testament to yourself and to the way you've been brought up so um is that the way that you kind of want to portray yourself? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I have no reason to not have my feet firmly on the ground, you know. Um, 
I don't think in a you know any profession. I don't think being big-headed or anything will get you far, or will help you in any any sort of way. Ego is definitely not a thing that I like to be sort of getting too big or get well get big. You know, I, I do keep my feet firmly on the ground, and um, I always will do. Yeah, I think egos get quickly found out, don't they? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I've seen I've seen both sides of it with in the music industry. I've seen people that the the all the you know all the majorly successful artists and the ones I work with are all really nice people, but they all really have the feet firmly on the ground. It's it's the ones that that let get carried away that are not the big artists. They're the ones that you you hear of for a little bit and then they disappear because the you know it just it gets to the head too much and they believe in the hype. Excellent. Right. Well. Thank you so much for doing this for us, Connor. We really no appreciate worries, you appreciate uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule. Who well, else should I be interviewing? Who would you like to hear from on a podcast like mm. this? You should try Austin Hargrave, my friend Austin. Um, yeah. Or there's another friend of mine called Derek Bremner. Um, he's a London-based photographer. He's, he's one of my best friends. He's an awesome, awesome photographer. Um, Andrew Whitten, another friend of mine, really good photographer. Yeah. I guess one of them three. Excellent. Well, we shall uh, try and get them on sometime. Yeah, Where can people find you on the internet, Connor? Uh, you can find me on my website, which is connormcdonald.co.uk, or you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, which is at connormcdphoto. Excellent. Well, thanks once again for joining us, and uh, best of luck for the future. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks once again then to Connor. If you're enjoying Phototypes, then please subscribe, rate and review us and spread the word to other people you think might like it too. You can say hello on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Phototypes Pod. Phototypes is produced and presented by me, Matt Bowen. You can find me at theretreat.co and our music is by Nick Bentley, Soft Piano and Songs for Cash. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.